millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Kia ora. For Eyewitness and RNZ National, I'm Justin Gregory. Only one Catholic Pope has ever made the trip all the way from Rome to New Zealand. In 1986, John Paul II spent three days here, and the local church prepared for his arrival in a uniquely Kiwi way. In this episode of Eyewitness, we remember the Pope's flying visit and track down a special item he left behind. You have really prepared a special weather. It was fair enough for JP2 to make a crack about our weather. He'd nearly been blown away by the wind while celebrating Mass at Wellington's Athletic Park, and on his last day in the country... Heavy rain lashed a 40,000-strong crowd at Christchurch's Lancaster Park during an unfortunately appropriate reading from Matthew chapter 5, verse 45. For he causes his son to rise on bad as well as good and his rain to fall on honest and dishonest people alike. The Pope flew into Auckland on Saturday the 22nd of November 1986. He kissed the ground and after a state welcome, travelled to the Domain in our version of the Pope-mobile, a converted ute. Good on you, New Zealand. The Pope flew to Wellington that evening and on the next day, the Sunday, he celebrated Mass and anointed the sick before leaving for Christchurch. On the Monday, he attended a liturgy at the Catholic Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament before he once more climbed on the back of the ute, heading to Lancaster Park. The rain popped in to see him, but soon went away. And it seems that the sun is coming, he's returning to us. And he cracked a joke too, the reception for which just goes to show that a friendly audience is really all you need to be considered funny. Do you know... What is the distance between Christ Church and Rome? For the moment, there's no distance. After Mass, Pope John Paul II left Lancaster Park to the strains of Now is the Hour and flew out to Australia. The park took a pummeling during the 2011 Christchurch earthquake, as did the Catholic Cathedral. But remarkably, one item of the Pope's visit has survived both the quakes and some less-than-first-rate care, the chair he sat on during the Mass. Now, it all takes a bit of... Behind security fences and securely locked away, six shipping crates sit 50 metres from the ruined Catholic Cathedral. They store treasures taken out of the building after the quake. Am I allowed to swear? This is Father Chris Friel, administrator for the cathedral. There we go. There's an organ I can see here. We've even got a door, one of the doors from the cathedral that obviously someone managed to rip off. Uh, 
There's toilet tissue, there are vestments, uh, there are many things here. There's a crucifix I see here, uh, there's a piano. And uh, yes, as you see on top of this, looking directly at us, is uh, the, the papal chair used by Pope John Paul II for Mass at Lancaster Park on the 24th of November 1986. Radio New Zealand News at 1 o'clock. I'm Hewitt Humphrey. There have been reports of a huge earthquake in Christchurch. We don't have official details yet. But the cathedral stood up pretty well to the 2011 quake, but structural damage meant that its dome had to be removed. And when that happened, the walls would come tumbling down. The workers were given one hour to get inside. They were all hard hats in the works, and they were asked to strip everything from the cathedral that could be stripped from the cathedral, everything that could be taken without unbolting. So these are all now contained in these containers here. The chair was built right here in Christchurch by a network of Catholic tradespeople and nuns. Now, full disclosure, one of them was my uncle, a man called Colin Loach, who upholstered the chair. He'd been roped into the job by a mate of his. It was made by a lovely tradesman, uh, Joe O'Neill. And, and he was, you know, he lives a couple of blocks away. He, sadly, he's not with us anymore. Anyway, it arrives here and with a beautiful big piece of white, pure white velvet. Now, I, probably the worst fabric you could be, ever possibly work mm, with mm. when it comes to uh, upholstery. And embroidered was the Pope's coat of arms. And that was done by the uh, Carmelite nuns, who, coincidentally, the uh, convent's only a couple of blocks away as well. So this is a whole neighbourhood job, just about, I think. <laughs> After being built by Joe, the chair was delivered to Colin's workshop at his home in Hoon Hay. But there was a problem. It was uh, so big that it banged its head on the ceiling, so I had to move into this room where it, uh, where it didn't have a ceiling. It was... Awkward to work on on bench, so I, usually, right, right. I did most of it on my knees and down on my knees appropriately. Well, yes, crikey! I only had one go at it. Of course, you don't make mistakes when you're using a piece of white velvet, especially with the coat of arms beautifully embroidered on it. I uh, also left a little uh, little note inside the seat. You left a note inside. Yeah, the seat. what did well, you I say? Thought, well, I, I, I was a tram driver at Ferrymead Historic Park and then I also later became a tram driver in town as well. But I had a lovely photo of a tram and I wrote all the details on the back of my details of what I'd done to them, mm. and uh, details of Joe, uh, Joe O'Neill and his wife and how they'd contributed to it. And uh, I stuffed that in amongst the springs. In, in the, the bottom, in the, the bottom yeah. of the seat. So right. Sometime in a few years' time, if someone decides to destroy the thing or throw it away or repair it or recover it or something, someone it. will find it, hopefully. I must say I was quietly amused to sit in with 40,000 people at Lancaster Park and, and there he was sitting up there in <laughs> all his glory. And little did he know he was sitting on a picture of a Christchurch tram. <laughs> <laughs> And little did the Pope know that someone else had already sat on the chair. Colin's elderly next-door neighbour, a dedicated Presbyterian. When I put it in the van to deliver it, I sent a bit of a devilment, you see, and I backed up each drive and I unloaded it. And I sat the chair in front of his front door and uh, knocked the doorbell. And they rang the doorbell, you see, and the door opened. And that was when he wandered out with his leg in plaster and the smoke in his mouth. And, and, and in his pyjamas, of course, I said, what the bloody hell's that? <laughs> I said to him, it's the Pope's throne. 
Oh, my God, and that was when he collapsed in the chair and had his photo taken as the first world's first Presbyterian Pope, you see. He sadly he'd sent copies of the photos home to his family in Belfast. And, of course, things were a bit tight up there in those days. They didn't have the same sense of humour as us. And, sadly, they never even replied. They oh. never even acknowledged receipt of the photo at all. Shocking. He was a bit disappointed about Shocking. that. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get paid for this job? No, no, no. Joe or I, neither of us got paid a penny, but it didn't matter. It was just a job. <laughs> so nobody gave you anything at all to say thank you? Well, apart from uh, Monsignor Miles um, M- O'Malley, that's right. Yeah. Ah, yes, well, he came round and thanked me very much and gave me a nice little medallion and some rosary beads. So there we go. I've got some papal rosary beads there if you'd like to borrow them. As it turns out, the Mass at Lancaster Park wasn't the last time Colin Loach saw the Pope's chair. A very good friend of mine, um, he, uh, he had a job at the, the Basilica in Barbados Street and he used to go there every two or three days. He was on a roster and he would go and ring the Angelus Bell. And uh, I met him in there once and he showed me all through, right up into the roof and all over the place. And there's a little storeroom out the back behind the high altar was a little room. And good Lord, there's the throne sitting there. Back at the cathedral, I climb into the container to check on the chair and get it out for Father Friel to look over. All right, clambering underneath to get inside the container. And I'm underneath the display case and I'm alongside... The wooden cabinet next to the chair. Gosh, I was about to step on something precious then. It's in, it's in really good condition, actually. It's slightly dusty, um, but the Pope's coat of arms is still very clear. It's a little bit dirty in places, but the, um, the light cream colour is still in really good condition. It looks like, I wouldn't say it looks like a new chair, but it looks like a chair in very good condition, despite being in a container for a few years and having come through a very large earthquake. And being, what is it, 30 years old now, I guess, yeah. So I would say it's actually looking pretty good. The rebuild of the Catholic Cathedral is on hold at present, but when it's complete, all the objects inside the containers will eventually find a home inside, including Pope John Paul II's chair. Hopefully uh, lots of historic pieces from the what is near our cathedral, which has fallen down, will be put in some museum-type uh, situation within the cathedral. Mm-hmm. Mm. Father Chris, what do you think? It's in pretty good state, it's really. It's in very good state, actually. Oh. Nice work. So the arms of the chair are... There's a few nicks here and there. Yes. But the upholstery is intact. It's in, it's in perfect order. And uh, the coat of arms is in immaculate order, really, isn't it? It really is. I, I would say this has got a long life in it yet. Oh, I think it has. I think it has. The story was produced by me, Justin Gregory, and uses archival audio from Natalnga Sound and Vision. The engineer was Jana Witter and Rangi Powick. You can subscribe or listen to every Eyewitness podcast on iTunes or at radioNZ.co.nz forward slash series. And if you have stories you want us to tell, email us at eyewitness at radioNZ.co.nz. Kakite anō. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) 
I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show yeah. is absolutely yeah. incredible. Or anime. Yeah, and under this sure. mask is another mask. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.